You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the PIF rundown of this week's major financial, business, and investment news. Before I start, my name is Rakan Kayali, founder of Practical Islamic Finance, where we help people globally build wealth in a halal way. To follow our portfolios and access exclusive content, consider becoming a member. Link to do so is in the description of this video. And without further ado, let's get started. The first headline from last week is the Dow had its worst day of the year falling 622 points amid Russia-Ukraine invasion fears. The VIX, which is commonly referred to as the stock market sphere index, ended the week close to 30. I did a video not too long ago wherein I pointed out that according to one study, it was found that on average, the higher the VIX when you invest, the higher the average expected return over the next 500-day period. This table is basically the physical manifestation of Warren Buffett's famous quote when he said, be greedy when others are fearful, be fearful when others are greedy. However, life isn't all about money. The VIX going higher this week was mainly induced by Russia's intention of invading Ukraine becoming clear. As far as what impact a full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine will have on the markets, its most profound impact will likely be on energy prices. The United States is in much better shape than Europe in this regard, since it has become self-sufficient in energy over the past decade. By comparison, Europe is likely to be impacted to a greater extent because it is heavily dependent on Russia, especially for natural gas. Russia is the second largest producer of natural gas globally, accounting for nearly 17% of supply, in 2020. More than half of Germany's natural gas is supplied by Russia. This means a Russian invasion of Ukraine will likely mean higher prices that are going to spill over everywhere. Historically speaking, when you have a combination of inflation and interest rate hikes, which is what we are expecting in the U.S. this year, this leads to something called stagflation, which is a word that is a combination of stagnation and inflation. So it's very likely that a period of rather choppy economic conditions await us. It's very possible that we enter bear market territory, which is a drop of 20% that lasts at least two months. However, historically speaking, the average bear market lasts around nine months. And with time, this period has been shrinking. That is, it's becoming shorter. And I think this time will not be different, even if we do reach bear market territory. Of course, you know, I could be wrong. Yet Juj and Juj could start popping out tomorrow from China, which would change my calculus. But for now, running around in panic like a chicken with its head cut off is not the move. I'll let you know when that changes. The second headline of this week is one that I made up. And this headline is, you're still early on Bitcoin. How do I know this? Well, the fundamental utility of Bitcoin is that it is a store of value. Therefore, at maturity, it should gain in price when the market is offloading risk, like the market has been recently. And Bitcoin should decrease in value when the market is taking on more risk. Kind of like gold. Gold is considered a safe asset when people panic. They go to gold. 
when they start to take more risks, gold prices start to go down because, as I mentioned, gold is considered a safe asset. Instead of mimicking this behavior, Bitcoin, which has superior fundamental characteristics to gold in terms of its ability to act as a store of value, at least in my opinion, it's been moving opposite of gold, basically behaving like a risky asset and copying the general market's moves. When the market is down, so is Bitcoin. And when it is up, so is Bitcoin. This suggests to me that the money in Bitcoin is still, to a large extent, speculative money. And it has yet to mature as an asset class and fill its role as a store of wealth, which I contend, as I mentioned, it should be able to better than any other asset class available today, including gold. This is why I think that Bitcoin is still far from maturity and you're still early. Once you start seeing Bitcoin move opposite to the market, sort of like gold does, then you've missed the boat. Bitcoin has matured and you're no longer early. Not investment advice. Do your own due diligence, of course, as always. The third headline is that Wahed Invest got fined 300000 by the SEC for misleading statements. The SEC said that from September 2018 through July 2019, Wahed allegedly promised investors that it would periodically rebalance its advisory accounts, but did not do so at the time. During that period, Wahed allegedly advertised its own proprietary funds when no such funds existed, according to the SEC. In July 2019, Wahed launched an ETF that sought to replicate the return, less the fees of the FTSE USA Sharia Index, maintained by FTSE Russell. The SEC says, at the time, Wahed's robo-advisory clients' accounts were allocated to equities, gold, sukuk, which don't get me started on Sukuk. And cash, according to clients' risk tolerance and investment goals, the commission says, to help provide the initial equity capital for the Wahed ETF, the firm allegedly exercised its discretion to sell its robo-advisory clients out of individual equity positions in the days before the Wahed ETF launch, the SEC says. This amounted to more than $13 million, according to the commission. The SEC says the firm failed to properly disclose potential conflicts of interest related to Wahed ETF to its robo-advisory clients. Wahed Invest's failure to disclose all material facts to its advisory clients, including all material conflicts of interest, and how those conflicts could affect the advice Wahed Invest provided its clients, was inconsistent with its duty to clients. So let me break that down a bit. I mean, they're all serious things, but I think the most serious thing was the fact that they had clients that they were advising on the proper investments for them, and they allocated some of those clients' money to products that Wahed would benefit from without disclosing to the clients that they would benefit from these products. So when you have a fiduciary duty towards your client, that means you have a duty to look out for their best interest. You're advising them on what is in their best interest. If you recommend something that you have a vested interest in, you have to disclose this to your client. It's not illegal to do so. You can recommend something that you have a vested interest in. It just has to be known to your client that you have a vested interest in this thing so that the client can understand the whole picture and make their decisions accordingly. Wahed failed to disclose this interest that it had 
in the product that it was using for its advisory clients. The commission also said that Wahed did not adopt and implement written policies and procedures addressing how it would assure Sharia compliance with regards to clients' investments on an ongoing basis. Now, the last time I reviewed the individual holdings of Wahed's portfolio from a comfort level and compared them to the comfort levels that PIF had given to the same stocks, Wahed came in last place compared to the other two funds I was analyzing. That said, I like to look at things from a systemic perspective, as opposed to demonizing people or companies. Wahed definitely messed up. I think they'll tell you that. Listen, we messed up. Does this make people who work there bad? Absolutely not. Does it make the company bad? Absolutely not. People and companies make mistakes. And they may be now much better than what they were. These are allegations of things that happened in the past. In fact, for all I know, they may be better now than any other Islamic fund out there since the fine likely motivated a lot of material changes in the way they operate. At least I hope it did. It wasn't an enormous fine, but it wasn't tiny either. I mean, 300000 is going to get your attention. I mean, you can probably shop three or four times at Whole Foods with it. However, what I'm going to say is this, and this may upset some people, I know, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's something that should be said. This is what I am convinced with. And alhamdulillah, I have members now. They support my efforts. I'm not really beholden to any company or party. And I think that my membership appreciates my candor. Here's what I'm going to say. Internal Sharia boards and paid Sharia advisors, while they may be good for marketing, offer very little regulatory value. And this is not an attack on anyone specific. The reason why I'm saying this is that to me, at least, it doesn't make sense for the party being regulated to be able to fire the regulator. In such an arrangement, it is likely that very little substantive regulation is actually happening. And again, my commentary is people agnostic. It's not a personnel issue. It's a systems issue. It led to a disaster in the bond rating space, wherein you had bonds being rated by agencies that are paid by the bond issuers. And this contributed to the credit collapse in 2008, when a bunch of bonds with very little credit worthiness were given AAA ratings because the bond rating agencies were being paid by the bond issuers. So the bond issuers could fire the bond rating agencies if they didn't like their rating. This type of system has caused problems elsewhere. And I think this issue, if not addressed in the Islamic finance industry, will lead to more serious problems down the road. Nowadays, whenever there is a startup in the Islamic finance space, they hire a celebrity sheikh or sheikhs and say, this is our Sharia board, this is our regulatory authority. I'm fine if you want to do that for marketing purposes, but I contend to you that this system is not a good one if you're after regulation, true regulation. Anyway, that's my opinion and I am sticking to it. And as I mentioned, I'm very optimistic that this fine will lead Wahid to become a much better company, as well as other players in the space, inshallah, will learn from this as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to show your support by becoming a PIF member 
link in the description. Aside from supporting our efforts, you'll get access to exclusive content and be able to follow the investment portfolios managed by yours truly. Do me a favor and leave a like if you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe and hit the bell so you're notified when new content is uploaded. Until next time, make sure to take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all.